welcome survivors, burnout community, and those just interested. It's Kelly Bubolt's owner, trainer, and burnout prevention mentor at KB Training Connections. Burnout is not taboo. It's our reality in this fast-paced society. But we are not going to let it drive the narrative to our stories. We're going to do something about it. So let's dig in. If you've been listening or if you're starting listening, you know the scoop already. We're digging in. We're raw and real. I'm not sugarcoating anything fluff and puff. You can say that for some cor- corporate programs. I want change. I want action. I want this world better than how I left it. I want it beautiful and balanced for my children and their friends and their family. But that takes action. And this episode is dedicated to something that we all like to avoid, including myself. I work in HR. I have communication skills. I feel like I'm a really good listener. Yet, this is a topic I've been putting off. This is episode 55, and I've put it off this long. That's that's how uncomfortable this topic is. But it is super important to get out of this fog and zombie mode and moving back to energy to start transforming your life back into control to have these conversations. So we're not going to spend too much uncomfortable time in this, but I want to give you seven big tips on creating healthy boundaries and how to have those conversations. Certainly we dig into this deep dive, more of a workshop form. And I've mainly done this in the leadership development sector, but I certainly see the crossover and burnout because if we can't have these conversations, we're losing control. We're only in response mode which is feeding that survivorship mode. So let's use a few of these tips to start creating and having healthy boundary conversations. The first one is identify your needs and values. Most of us don't know what we want, especially if we're in burnout, we're tired, we're exhausted, we're in this fog, we're in the darkness. I can't tell you what I want. I am in pain, I am sad, I am lonely. I want help, but I don't know what that help is. You feeling that? Before having a boundary conversation, it's important to identify what are your needs and values? What is missing? What is misaligned? And then this can help you communicate those boundaries more effectively to the people that need to hear them to ensure that they align with your values. And if you don't take the time to identify what these are, how do you know what to ask for? How do they know how to support you? It's interesting when people are disgruntled with their jobs and I say, well, what do you want to do? What do you need? And they're not sure. If it's overwhelmed with workload, what's not of value to them? If it's, I don't have time, what are we spending our time on? These are all things we need to figure out, the needs, what we value, what motivates us before we even have those conversations. So the first tip is identify your needs and values. The second one is choose the right time and place. Oh man, do we always have the wrong time, wrong place. We want to be intimidating. We want to win. We want to call it out as it's happening when we're emotionally charged. But if you choose the right time and place where you and the other person can have a calm and private conversation without distractions and interruptions and being that emotionally charged state, that ideal time will actually lead to a greater outcome. Preventative conversations. I'm high, high, high believer in preventative conversations. If you have that family member that just pisses you off, have that conversation before you see that family member. 
via phone, a little FaceTime. Because it may feel awkward, but do you know what's even more awkward? Avoiding that person through a whole family party. Not going to the family party purely because that person's going to be there. That is more awkward. You're causing your own stress. You're reacting in response to their actions and behaviors. You're not in control. Get back in control. So the second tip is choose the right time and place. Number three is use I statements. Man, even my kids are teaching me this. And thank goodness they're teaching this in schools now because I don't know about you, but I'm in my mid-30s and they didn't teach us a lot of these emotionally intelligence and stress management techniques when I was in school. And now you can see why, what's happening to us, right? So I'm really glad that they're taking the time in schools um, to teach not only our kids, but they're teaching us as well. And it's using I statements. So using I statements to express how you feel and what your needs are is going to be focused on your change and how people can support you rather than blaming or accusing the other person. You're not in control of them. You know this already. You're not in control of their behavior and their choices. So why cause that suffering? Let's face reality. You only can change yourself, so focus on I statements. For example, instead of saying, you always do this, say, I feel upset when this happens. Removing that blame and shame to the other person will cause their defense mechanisms to come down and to have an actual conversation with you to get a better outcome, to be productive and constructive. But the moment you say, you always do this, they're going to be on the defense. So number three is use I statements. If my three-year-old and six-year-old and eight-year-old can use I statements, I can use I statements. Look at that growth. Number four is be clear, be specific. Sometimes because we don't know what we want, we're all over the place. So when you're clear and specific about what your boundaries are and why they're important to you, even using concrete examples to illustrate your points, people can understand those boundaries. But when the boundaries shift, depending on the day, depending on your mood, you're given an unclear picture of what the boundaries are. So be clear and specific. That's number four. Number five is listening actively. Oh, that is hard. A majority of us just want to respond. We listen to respond. But listening actively to the other person's perspective, right? Perspective doesn't mean wrong, right? I win, you lose. Try to understand their point of view. Showing empathy and respect for their feelings and needs will help you kind of build that rapport, build that relationship, whether you want it or not. It will be built to a point where you can create a healthy boundary. Again, these are awkward conversations, but if you're just going to spew back words and turn it against them, if you're not going to listen, again, what outcome are you expecting? The goal here is to have healthy boundaries so you can live your life, so you can have control of your life again. And that means listening actively for a couple minutes to whatever's spewing out of their mouth. Is that so bad? Versus day after day after day in this chronic stress state, hating everyone and their behaviors, waiting for something to happen. Showing this empathy will create this understanding and respect that will fulfill those healthy boundaries. So number five is listening actively. Number six is negotiate and compromise. And it's interesting because I've been to union negotiation training. I've done union negotiations in the workforce. And oh boy, the power of negotiation. If the other person has a different need or value that you are seeking, 
Negotiate and compromise to find a solution that works for both of you. Saying, I win, you lose, you lose, I win, which is the same statement if you're following me, is getting us nowhere. We will sucker around in this hate over and over again. If I'm willing to make some adjustments and they're willing to make some adjustments on their boundaries slightly, if necessary, it's not a win-lose game. It's creating a strong bond of understanding that takes some wiggle room on both parties involved. We have to understand we like our little worlds and we like our routines and we like our boundaries. But in order to be healthy, it means that we also have to have a little bit open mind and understanding of other people's boundaries, correct? Otherwise, we're just going to isolate ourselves and that's not a life either. Negotiate and compromise is going to bring that healthy conflict into constructive and healthy boundaries. And number seven is follow through. (laughs) Once you have established these boundaries, it's important to follow through and enforce them. You did the work. You got up the courage. You had the conversations. Now please follow through. This means you may have to say no when someone crosses your boundaries to reinforce what those boundaries are. You have to take action if someone violates the boundaries over and over again or have another conversation. And if a boundary crossing action is happening quite a while before you even had those conversations, it may take time to adjust to the new standard. So be patient with each other and keep lines of communication open. If someone crosses that boundary once, don't write them off. They're learning too. They're learning to navigate these new boundaries too. So make sure that you have some patience and grace with the process of them relearning your boundaries. And again, that's going to create this understanding of patience. It's going to create this empathy between you two in which the respect's going to increase. More, more likely, these boundaries are going to be held to and honored. But if you're wishy-washy or changing the rules all the time, it's hard for anyone to follow. So make sure that this follow-through is consistent, you're enforcing it, and you're keeping those lines of communication open so they don't have to play the guessing game. So let's go through the seven again. Identify your needs and values. Choose the right time and place. Use I statements. Be clear and specific. Listen actively. Negotiate. And then follow through. Consistency, consistency, consistency. If you need extra help with gearing up an action plan to set this up or want to work through some scenarios, I hope that you grab up a coaching session, go connect with me, shoot me a quick email, and let's get down to business because no one wants this pain and suffering day in and day out. Let's get back to reality and back in control of our lives by creating healthy boundaries. I know you're not lazy. Most people in burnout are high performers, those serving others before themselves. Don't discount this step today the step in which you focused on your self-growth. Piecing together the puzzle is half the journey. Rediscovering energy through new actions and habits is the other. Do not underestimate the strength in your actions and the beast to do hard things that lies within you. Check out more burnout resources on my website to move from zombie mode back to liveliness. See you soon.